Sweet destiny carried me through desperation to the one that was waiting for me. It took so long. This song is a great double clap song. Still, I believe. Oh my God. Somehow, the one that I needed would find me eventually. I had a vision of love, mm. and it was all that you've given to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go ahead, kid. Take it away. No. <laughs> <clears throat> that's that's where I'm going to let you shine. Stra- this no. is your space. <laughs> This is your platform. Mm-hmm. This is your stage. I dare not. So I dare not. <laughs> Nigga saw your Instagram post and went crazy. <laughs> like, well, why the fuck don't she sing? Because uh, I don't. I only sing for the Lord. <laughs> Straight through the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a disaster. Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back Praise to Getting Grown. <laughs> With Jade and Kia, I am Kia, and I am Jade, and we are back to discuss the scam that is adulting, mm-hmm. the good, the bad, the ugly, the tests, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real life adult in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. Oh God, which is just wrapping up, honey. And I said, th- I said other day, I think yesterday even, I said I'm really ready. For 2019 to get her things and get on out. Me too. She's got to go. She has overstayed her welcome. I'm ready for her to I go. Actually, I read a um, a friend of mine posted a, a thing today, which I found really interesting. And I read it on Jade Next Day. I want to read it here too. All right. If you were born in the 80s and raised in the 90s oh, yes, and make it to 2020, you have lived in four different decades, two different centuries, and two different millennia, and you're not even 40 yet. I mean, and, and I mean, if I can speak for myself, that is exhausting. It's Maybe <laughs> that explains why I am so very tired. Exhausted. I mean, just spent. Okay exhausted but it's cool nonetheless we are a special generation special a special how are you this week i am yet holding on it is the start of crunch time grind season for your girl and um mm. you know i'm just really trying to survive the next six weeks uh six to eight weeks the rest of 2019 i'm just trying to just trying to make it just trying to make it through if i can make it through on to january you are sis you will my god i just through that path i am just charging and forging forward but i mean i'm i'm doing okay no complaints just working 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 and working 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 what you what you what you got going on you will power through 2019 like Kanye did those people oh my God. at one of his Sunday services. <laughs> and I just hate that like Kanye and this movement or whatever he's done doing has co-opted the Sunday service term because there were several people like um, like even like after I posted what I posted on Instagram this morning, there were lots of people in the comments that was just like, is this a Sunday service? It's like, no. This no, is just an actual church choir <laughs> singing a song in church. 
I mean, yes, that's really Kanye the Kanye was not invited. He wasn't thought of. He was not on the menu. We do not have to bring him up at all. Let's not. Because niggas have been doing this since the beginning of niggadom. What y'all not going to do is act like Kanye West is an originator of something. Because that's not what's happening. <laughs> I get upset. I get upset. I'm sorry. I've been meaning to talk to you about this just because I'm like, I know she's riled Well, up. I just don't have any. Everyone keeps saying, how do you feel about Kanye? I'm like, I don't feel about Kanye. I do not. Yeah, I've decided. No. Rest in peace. That I do not feel. I do not. I just, I just can't. You know what I'm saying? And there's lots of debate as to whether or not. I don't know. It's not my business. If the Lord is using Kanye then that is between the Lord and Kanye yeah I don't know I don't I I mean can't really imagine however I feel you know what I'm saying I can only speak for myself does it sit well in my Shondo no but I'm not out here telling the girls not to listen to Jesus is King or not to do whatever or not to go to the Sunday service if they don't want to go I just know as for me and my house plant Maurice we won't be there (laughs) and that's just the bottom line that's just that on that I'm not Jesus is kinging because I'm just I can't get behind him. I can't get behind, you know, besides other things. I just can't get behind Kanye and all of his inflammatory ass comments, all of the things that he said. And now all of a sudden black people forget that he said all of these awful things and continues to say awful Absolutely. things and exhibit Absolutely. awful behavior. And they keep saying and there's, we have to forgive Kanye. And I'm just like someone. And then we've talked about this my before. Asshole. But even like, still, like, is it, it are we required to forgive people who are not sorry? No. Um, And, you know, I mean, I guess that's up for debate as well. But like Kanye does not think that what he's doing is problematic or wrong. So, no. And he continues to say things that spit in you niggas' faces, such as they were like something, something white Twitter. He was like, white Twitter? I didn't know that was a thing, but I'm so glad to know that it is. I just can't. And it's like, irritating. What? And like this other stuff, like I'd heard recently that he, it's just like, it's a mockery. He said, that his tax return last year was like $68 million or some other oh, ass. I heard that, yeah. And he said that it was his reward for salvation. I said, I want, I want to let you know mm. one thing. That the, that the Lord says salvation is free. And if Kanye West is getting paid for being saved, I expect my money to be on the way. Because I just don't understand. <laughs> it's my money and I it need it It is my now. money and I, I have called J.G. Wentworth. It is my money <laughs> and I want it right now. Oh, that's my mom. 8-7 Kevin Cash Cash. Now, hello. <sighs> Child, Rhonda, we're going to have to talk to you later, sis. But yes. <laughs> I I just feel like that's the kind of stuff. He was like, you know, he felt like, um, and and the the, whatever comment he made about his, proceeds from sales being like a tithe think of it as a tithe and i'm just like that's not what tithing means that's not what tithing is actually a thing i don't even you do just any can't of that decide. and i know that's yeah, not what you can't it just means. decide to call things because words mean things kanye you can't just be out here calling things what you want to call you can't them. just be pushing niggas out the way and say you pardon the rent like what are you doing <laughs> that's not how any of this works <sighs> this nigga literally mushed niggas and was like, pipe part, I have the power. <laughs> it's real. Listen, I'm not gonna hold y'all, but it's not giving me it's not I don't know. I am not I'm unsettled. But me and my uh, you know, uneasiness are just over here in this apartment minding our business. Yeah, you I, I'm just not fun. Jesus is kinging, so it's cool. Mm-hmm. 
but you guys have your things. Um, what's going on with me? Not much, much actually. Yes, very much. Very much. Getting ready for some big things. Mm-hmm. Uh, scared to death about it, but it's it's okay. We'll have a conversation about that one day, about how you can mask procrastination as, or procrastination can be a mask for extreme fear. <laughs> so, oh, um, but... Things are going well. I um, Dopest Dinner Party Atlanta uh, is on sale. So tickets are available. You have one month. The show, Fr- Friend Zone featuring Getting Grown, is officially sold out. Oh, I had no idea. But there are a few tickets left for the dinner party. So make sure you check that out. And then December 22nd, Dopest Dinner Party DC is just about sold out as well. Uh, is the one that's almost sold out. The Dinner Party Atlanta is not. So... All information will continue to be in the description box. And with that being said, we have trash to get into. So There y'all go. <laughs> so, apparently, did you know that Irv Gotti had a sexual relationship <sighs> with Ashanti? I did see this on the internet and really got my thumbs to moving quickly across my phone. I, was, <laughs> I could not have scrolled any faster if I if I tried. It was like, oh, oh, no, this is nothing. Baby, 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 baby. Like, uh-huh, I was very uh-huh. surprised. I guess I should. No, let me not say that. But I was very surprised <laughs> to find that out. He did say that she was not the reason for his divorce. He had been caught cheating with another lady. Hmm. But he went on Wendy Williams and he was screaming as he likes to do uh, and did say that Ashanti, he did have a sexual relationship with Ashanti, but she was not the reason for his divorce and stopped calling her a home record. That's gross. I haven't heard any, I haven't heard anything about this and I haven't heard people call her a home record, but I guess. That's I like, had no, like, I had not heard one person. Not a single Refer to Ashanti as a home record in all of my African American life. Never. No. No, nobody knew about this. So honestly, you could have kept it to yourself, Irv Gotti. Um, apparently, there was a shooting in California at an Airbnb party house. I'd heard that. So now Airbnb is wants to they want to closely monitor uh, parties, or excuse me, have extreme repercussions for parties that are unauthorized. They are, they are sick of all of you blacks. Like five? How y'all shoot up five people? How you shoot up the Airbnb? I mean. I mean, honestly. Niggas go outside and start wilding. Um, there was a mass turnstile protest here in New York. I, I did see the footages of that. So there have been some really terrible insta- uh, instances where police are, like, brutally injuring uh, teenagers who are jumping turnstiles here in the city. And so... Um, they broke one kid's leg. I think we talked about that recently. It's been really disgusting. All all over Metro cars that cost $2.75. So there was a mass turnstile protest where thousands of people gathered throughout New York in the train stations and jumped the turnstile. Um, and wore masks. I'm glad for the ones who wore masks. I really wish everybody would have covered their faces when they did this. And this was in protest because now they're starting to install cameras 
in the train stations, one above every single turnstile at certain stops, which is such a waste of our money. You all continue to raise these these uh, these fair prices. You do not fix the trains. There's constant train traffic. Yes, that is a thing. Train traffic. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. There's constant signal problems. There's all kinds of foolishness. Y'all can't even get the trash out the train stations. You still got lines that are catching on fire. Like dudes that you don't, don't have air in certain train stations. It's brutally hot in the wintertime where you're sweating and suffocating. And in the wintertime, you, it is cold and you're about to catch frostbite. You all can't fix none of this shit, but you want to install cameras above every single turnstile. I'm disgusted. So I'm glad that they did what they did and jumped these, these turnstiles in protest. Um, Solange announced her split from her husband I after a little... Yep, 11 years of, I don't know if that was how long they knew each other or they were together, but they were married for five years. And she felt the need to release a statement to control the narrative of her life, which I fully understand. You know, people decided to take pictures from her Met Gala um, after party and post those, I guess, a while back. And there was a mystery man involved. And so she's like, I'm going to go ahead and control the narrative of my own situation and she basically let people know, like, I'm still trying to figure my way out through life, but I deserve respect and I deserve for my story to be mine and to be true. And so this is what it is. So then there was a white man that pe- people kept posting. They're like, who's this white man Solange's with? This is a white man Solange's with. So she posted about that. She was like, it's really a shame that people will not leave this man alone. But that was her co-manager of five years. Trash. So why are we so obsessed with other people's affairs? I it, it's just like it's just I, I just don't understand the need and I to said like, we, get on because I too and, have been like looking over my glasses like hmm what's happening? But I, I mean just, listen, it's a thing. I had right? speculation long ago that she you know was maybe living her life wearing less and going out more, mm-hmm. which there ain't nothing wrong with it. But at the same time, I know that's a grown woman. And I'm whatever she chooses to do, I don't have a right to form an opinion on that because that ain't my life and it ain't my business. Correct. Another thing that's not my business, but I thoroughly am entertained by is the fact that Kiki Wyatt was surprised with her 10th baby shower. Let me tell you what you don't get at baby number 10. <laughs> a shower. I mean, I just feel like, sis. She believes every baby should be celebrated is what she said. It's not even about celebrating the baby. But like, I mean, showers used to have utility, but maybe it is just a party. Because I mean, Kenya had this dumb, dumb party for for baby Brooklyn, this Bobby party. It's just like, why do we call things? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Showers used to have utility. It's like, let us shower you with gifts and things that you might need. 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 Um, At this point, sis, you should own a Costco. You know what I'm saying? It's not a shower. It's a tsunami. Did we tell you that we saw her in the airport when we li- were leaving Dallas? <laughs> no, you did not tell me that. <laughs> yes. We, me, Fran, and Michelle. Oh, my gosh. We stopped at the Fridays to grab a breakfast sandwich. <laughs> and she was sitting right at the bar, a pregnant lady. So oh so Michelle goes, goodness. who's the lady who used to sing with Avant? And we were like, Kiki Wyatt? She's like, I think that's her. <laughs> and that profile hit. And I said, that is Kiki Wyatt. Fran at first was like, that's her. And I couldn't see. But... It ended up being her, and I just thought that was the funniest thing in the sitting world. Sitting at and the, the f- bar. Bless her Sitting heart. at the bar. But it also was like nine something Early in the morning, morning yeah. so 
you know, she wasn't having a drink or anything. I Let me be clear. And she I'm was sure not having was, a drink. Yes. And I'm sure it was probably easier for her to get into the bar stools. Exactly. Like as, far as, as opposed sitting to down. a booth. Mm-hmm. 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 But we did run into Kiki White. But yeah, she's having. She was surprised with her tenth baby shower, and I just don't know how I feel about. I don't know. It didn't seem like she was surprised because she was fully being in the evening gown. But that's not well. Neither here nor there. It's also Kiki White. <laughs> uh, she just was going to Target. <laughs> yeah, she could have been. It's Kiki White. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson is playing Aretha in a I don't know if it's biopic or biopic. Biopic. But she is playing Aretha who was who she was handpicked herself by Aretha, let's be clear. All right, Aretha Louise. I mean, and it does make sense that Jennifer Hudson is the one who can play it. her. I'll allow it. And Marlon Wayans is playing her husband, Ted White. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that funny to me? (laughs) Because you should see the images from the movie. (laughs) It's funny because it is. Oh, there's a mess. (laughs) I'm like, Marlon Wayans is playing a serious role. Like, I don't think I have ever seen this in my entire life. I just can't. My 30 some years of knowing who the Wayans, I've never seen Marlon in a serious role. I am interested interested to see well everyone go ahead and get your coins go ahead and get it together and then lastly the the harriet tubman movie now you have you seen it i have not i have not i would like to though oh you're going to you don't want to well are you one of those are you mad at cynthia no i'm not mad but i have you know concern okay express express yourself you know so if if you haven't heard the um the actress Cynthia Erivo, mm-hmm. she is a Nigerian British uh actress who is portraying uh Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. And she uh also I, I actually saw her in Widows. She was in Widows. Yeah, with, I mean she um, played uh she was on Color Purple on Broadway. Yeah. She's got like her career, she's out here. But she's uh they've uh, there's been a number of uh, screenshots and things she released. Said all manner of disparaging things against people I mean, like me. Very problematic things about um, Black Americans. Also, um, you know, making a mockery of Black Americans in certain ways. Just really disturbing things. And mm. she's going to be portraying Harriet Tubman. Ain't that now, something? it's a bit. It's you know, it's a bit unsettling. It's a lot of iron in those knees. <laughs> okay, lots Tons of iron, iron in, in the knees, huh? Knees. <laughs> Mm-mm, so I'm mm-mm. like, you know, I don't really, I don't really know how I feel about that. If you don't have enough respect, I know how because I the thing it. about it is I'm not, I'm not of the number and I want to be very clear. Like we want to make sure that we're clear here. I'm not of the number who's like, well, you ain't part of the black experience, the black American experience. So you ain't supposed to No, it's not even that because let's be clear. Our people were stolen and they were dropped off all kinds of places it was not just in america there was just we have um you know that deep rooted history of you know of with of with slavery and how long it went on and so forth and so on but so it's not even that i'm i'm um i feel away because she's british i feel away because she said super ignorant things about black americans uh so yeah this is a thing i think that uh this might warrant a deeper conversation because i think that this this contention that exists between uh because i mean it's even weird to say it like this because fundamentally we're all immigrants but everybody um, (laughs) but um (laughs) you know there's there's a long history 
and many of us have per- have personal experience mm-hmm. um you know kind of navigating this tension between black immigrants and uh you know African Americans black Americans um and it, mm-hmm. and it goes American born blacks American born blacks uh right so um so so and and I mean I'm not caping for Cynthia. Do I believe she said what she said? Absolutely. Um, I, I I think, you know, in fairness, there are, there are American born blacks who have said disparaging things about black immigrants that don't make it right. I'm just saying, no, and it's just a lot of like this. This is a very complex and very deep, uh, deep rooted issue um, mm-hmm. that, you know, impacts all of us of the of the diaspora mm-hmm. um i think that that and i do feel like that's something that that we definitely need to kind of deal with and address mm-hmm. i do feel like though um the story like harriet's story i think is what draws me to the film and yeah, i and course, i don't always. want and i don't want you know like cynthia is yeah i mean whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i'm not seeing it for her <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is she talented? Mm-hmm. Can she sing her face? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, I feel the way I feel about her comments, but it does to me, I think the bigger thing for me is that Harriet's story is being told in this way. Accurately. Um, and um, you know, that the movie does well for that reason. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it may be an opportunity for us to kind of get get start start talking through what you know, this kind of divisiveness or this division that exists between um, American born blacks and, and black immigrants. Like it's, it's very, it's a very long sort of history, but it, it might be some, it might mean that it's time for us to come to the table and talk about it like adults. Yeah. And and what that means and, and what that means, what are the implications for it in terms of, cause we out here in real life warfare, you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, with the whites right so so right. we I mean, gotta bend together you know what like, i'm saying like there needs to be some unity i mean we're, we're fighting and i mean the whites yes but i'm talking like more specifically about like systems of oppression systems of mm-hmm. whiteness and mm-hmm. i think you know i'm not gonna say that these issues are not <coughs> worth uh our time and attention but i do feel like we have to be um intentional about working through them because we got bigger fish to fry and these issues are not just unique to America. That's the Absolutely. thing, too. Whites have infiltrated their bullshit just about everywhere. Whiteness. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Whiteness is, is a thing. It is like, that's, that's the bottom line. Across the globe. And so, like Kia said, I think it warrants a much larger conversation about how we can unify as a people and stop with the separation. And like you said, there have been all manners of problematic things that as children, there were all kinds of slurs. You remember the, the you know, you call people booty scratcher and all kinds of things. I think everyone, like we can all kind of acknowledge the ways that we've been complicit, but I think that that's because it's a a prop. I mean, it's a product um, of our, of the ways that like mm-hmm. this is this is how this is this is literally the fabric of our lives. This is this Absolutely. is this is the American way. This kind of hatred, mm-hmm. this kind of uh, division, this kind of anti-blackness. It's, it's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that was baked into us like apple pies, like from exactly. from birth. Like this is from what birth. we what we were steeped in. This is the stuff that they talked about on Sesame Street. This is the stuff mm-hmm. we read in our textbooks. So, you know, we've been steeped in this stuff our whole lives and mm-hmm. we have to be active about 
um, you know, countering breaking those cycles. Yeah, count mm-hmm. like we have to be active, and, and it starts with us. Mm-hmm. So I think it's Agreed. important and necessary for people like Cynthia who have platform and have the responsibility of opportunities like playing Harriet. I think it's important that she be called out and mm-hmm. held accountable. Um, and the same could be said for any of us. But you Agreed. know, I do think that the story uh the conversation has to extend beyond oh i'm just not going to support this movie or i'm not just going to have we have to extend beyond you know just kind of like that kind of superficial anger mm-hmm. and really get at like okay so what happens now right because that was that was my thing that's why you were like i'm like i'm i'm not angry by any means i feel like that's a lot of emotion to put into this but it's just unsettling and it's like I think I think what you said is important. Having a conversation about these things. Maybe she's supposed to do this right. so that we can have some of these conversations. Mm-hmm. So she can be held accountable for some of her bullshit ass, you know, statements. Right. And be educated on why some of the things you say are ignorant and why they're dangerous to us as a people, as to the diaspora of, of us as a people. Absolutely. So it boils down to whiteness and us being mm-hmm. trained and socialized to believe that there are only a few spots that we all have to compete over. And that goes for some of y'all's other faiths too. But anyway, we got some shout outs to get into. Well, so. let's go ahead and get on into it then. Mm. 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 <laughs> My sister's popping right now. Like. So our shout outs are a little different this week. I didn't even tell Kia what we're doing, but I thought oh. it might be fun and different. Okie doke. So remember last week, we asked some of our getting grown brothers to chime in to... and oh, when we I sure say brothers, did. I want to make sure we list with an E-R-S, not an A-S. No brother to the nights here, even though Love Jones <laughs> is available on Netflix now. But <laughs> we asked some of our getting grown brothers to chime in and let us know how they came to know about the show and why they listen to this show in the first place. So I thought it would be fun to read a few of those responses Mm -hmm. and shout them out this week, especially since we asked for it. So we have one. He says, Dear Jane Kia, the request was made for the GGBs to write in. And so here it is. I've been delighted to listen week in and out to your podcast as a married man, flaws and all. I deem it necessary to to get a dose of some of the conversations happening between my sisters whenever possible. Your show is pleasantly balanced with a little righteous and ratchet. Therefore, I'm appreciative. Mm-hmm. I've also been a strong supporter of every podcast in the Super Friends Network, an avid supporter of Zen in a Jar whenever she comes wow. to Atlanta. It's always nice to she'll be in Atlanta also in December. It's always nice to hear the ranges and level that my sisters can achieve. I'm a better husband listening to your thoughtful commentary on relationships and adulting in this year of our Lord 2019. Best wishes, Darius. All right, Darius. Let's see who else do we have here. I know we're really like we're grateful that you guys. We have a oh, we have another GGB here. This one's a little longer, so we'll just truncate it. But um, this is from Alex, and Alex said he's a lawyer by profession. All right. Um, and the two things that drew him in were he listened to Jaden XD and he followed Dr. Kia on Twitter. All right. So your tweets, and so Welcome. he said um, he's you know still dealing with some grief. Uh, rest in peace to your father. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
He unexpectedly passed in September of 2016. And he said a lot of the conversations that we've had have just been really on time for him. And he's also a, a scholar and in his professional life, a part of Team Typing Fast. Yes. So that's another one of our GGBs. Uh, quickly here, we have one. He says, good evening, Jaden Kia. I love the show and I turned my girlfriend on to oh, it all right. over vacation recently. Okay. Over vacation recently, we quoted the moisturize and drink your water line and another friend yelled out because she also loves you. <laughs> Yay. In response to your inquiry of where are the GGBs and why do you not hear from us? Well, I can only speak for me. There have been many times your topics resonate with me and I want to comment, but I also understand how important and sacred safe spaces are for black women as I grew up with a single mom and older sister. Two weeks ago during the petty peeves, Kia brought up the annoyance she feels with people, mainly white leaders passing over, ignoring and dismissing statements in meetings, etc., I actually recently went through the very same thing. I talked to my boss in a one-on-one -on -one and explained how it made no sense that in a larger program meetings, I have more of a voice than I do in our smaller team meetings where I was being ignored and dismissed. <clears throat> I actually received an I'm sorry and he thanked me for my bravery as it was stated around the time of year-end evaluations. Mm. Things are seemingly better now. Nice. Also in regards of showing up, I was so upset that I couldn't make your last Philly show in September last year, but I had a wedding back home in Virginia. I've been a fan of both of you for quite some time, and I'm so proud of your success. And thank you for how much you impact all the lives you touch. Sorry for the long email. I'm a bit of a stan. And that's from Jerome. Hey, Jerome. Oh, I show okay. you oh, right. Yeah. Look at the white shoes. Look oh, at the white shoes. And then lastly, we got a tweet. And he says, what's poppin', ladies? I'm a proud member of the GGB and I'm a newer listener of the show. I love that y'all make me think harder about being a better man for my wife and family. You also helped me to look deeper into the well of me to become a better adult. And that was from from uh, Nerd Emperor on Twitter. So I just thought it was really nice to shout out our GGBs. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening and following instruction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's really, really nice to hear from you all. And we love and really appreciate all of the support from all of our listeners. Um, and I love that he mentioned, you know, that this is a safe space for black women because it is. And I'm glad that some niggas just get it. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to you all. We'd love to continue to hear from you all. And with that being said, we have a kitchen table talk to get to. Well, let's get to it. Here's the harsh reality. Just because it's not warm out doesn't mean you don't sweat. So even though you might be making changes to your beauty routine this winter by like wearing heavier socks and doing more masks and wearing heavier moisturizer, there are still some things you need to do year round, like aluminum-free coconut deodorant from Kapari. Kapari's coconut deodorant is a cleaner alternative to traditional deodorants. It's aluminum-free, vegan, and doesn't contain silicones, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, or baking soda. Instead of using questionable ingredients you probably don't want on your body, Kapari's deodorant keeps you fresh with plant-based actives like sage oil and coconut oil. And since you're never going to not need deodorant, Kapari made it so you never have to run out. You can subscribe and get deodorant automatically shipped to your door as often as you choose and for free. Kapari offers a money-back guarantee, so if you've been thinking about switching to a cleaner deodorant, this is the best way to do it. 
I love Kapari because again, I get Kapari to my door. I don't ever have to go out and purchase deodorant. I don't have to worry about running out because it comes as frequently as I want it with my subscription. And then on top of that, it's not all over my clothes. Mm -hmm. It goes on clear. So I don't get all that white residue all over everything. It smells amazing as well. It's super clean. I use the original coconut and I smell like Vita Coco all year round. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash grown to get 15% off your monthly subscription orders. That's Kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I beauty.com slash grown. Kaparibeauty.com slash grown. Okay, okay, okay. Let us gather around the kitchen table um, for another riveting and thought-provoking discussion. Riveting. Um... So, okay, I'm just going to be be honest. I'm going to be Frank Ocean. I'm gonna, <laughs> be blonde. I'm going to be I'm going to be Frank, Frank Ocean. I'm going to um, be Frank. I have noticed a pattern in the ways in which, you know, folks are engaging on social media around um, you know, certain individuals, myself included. Mm. Um I want I, so a year ago we had a conversation about mentors, all about mentors, mm-hmm. um, and we talked about kind of like do's and don'ts and things, and g- giving useful information around like you know how to navigate and negotiate healthy and useful mentoring relationships. And I just mm-hmm. feel like the conversation kind of bears repeating we want to kind of want to go back and we've learned some more things and just wanted to rehash it because Mm -hmm. it is it seems that the age of the internet has changed the way that we think about the mentor protege relationship what it means to be a mentor what it means to be mentored expectations Mm -hmm. if you are a mentor expectations if you are a mentee um and 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 just kind of like the ways that we, because I mean, social media changes the way that we engage, the way that we interact, um, <coughs> and the way that we connect. So it's easy for people that we listen to every week and we correspond with on social media. It's easy for us to think that we know them and mm-hmm. that that level of relationship affords us certain um, kinds of access to people. But, you know, it's still the internet. <laughs> Right. Um, and the rules of engagement um, are changing, but there are still rules. Like, it's not a free for all. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to talk about like um, just some kind of things that we've been experiencing and not in not trying to tear anybody down, not to, uh, you know, sound like high and mighty and bougie, um, but to just get us to a place where we're kind of being more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and more productive and more efficient in our interactions and dealings with people. Um, because the, the internet is a marketplace, right? Um, yeah. So we got to like govern ourselves accordingly, right? Um, otherwise, folks going to get their feelings hurt. Especially when you be on there doing the most. Absolutely. <laughs> so sis, tell me a little bit about the word mentor. What does the word mentor mean to you? Um, Tell us about any kinds of mentoring 
relationships that you have had or you would like to have? What are ways, uh, like what, what bubbles up for you at the mention of the word mentor? Well, initially, I actually had this whole mentor thing wrong. I was thinking a mentor was somebody that you um, set with about a particular craft or skill or passion or education venture or what have you. Mm -hmm. And this person helped to guide you through the trajectory of whatever that is, right? I wasn't totally wrong. That's part of it. But I think I was thinking that a mentor was somebody who exclusively did that for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas we had a conversation and you actually hit me to some really great points from the budget Nista Mm -hmm. about what a mentor is that I think would be wonderful to share. So I think that, you know, the budget Nista had a live a long time ago and I'm that corny girl that sometimes when I watch lives and, and I mean, this is, you know, just a demonstration of what I'm getting ready to share. But, um, there are like, when I'm learning, like I learn a lot from people who I am in relationship with people who I'm close to people, um, like, you know, there's like lateral mentoring, just like there's mentoring up people from who are more senior than me. Mm -hmm. So the budget did a live, this was some time ago. Um, and she, uh, kind of walked her, um, listeners through the different steps on how to be intentional about your success. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, one of those steps was asking for help. And she talked about mentoring and she kind of broke down these three different dimensions of what a mentoring relationship (laughs) actually is or can be or how, Mm -hmm. how it can take shape in your life. So the first layer was like, you know, uh, sponsors or mentors. So this is kind of like that traditional, um, or conventional way that we think about mentoring that you were talking about, sis. Like this is someone, mm-hmm. this is someone who knows more than you know, um, someone who has more than you have, and um, this is someone who you learn a lot from. And what what Tiffany said to me that kind of like blew my mind is that mm-hmm. she was like these kinds of relationships. This is not the person that you approach and ask, but. You have to like it's like think about think about um, we have to really s- remember the value of mm-hmm. what an, a mentor or a sponsor is going to share. Yep. Um, so, and we have to recognize that like the mentoring relationship in and of itself is an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a mentor is agreeing to mentor somebody in this way. Um, then that person is, you know, investing time and and resources and energy and strategy and sometimes, you know, access to, you know, like relationships and networks. And that's something that is of great value to them and it ha- may have cost them something. So if they're going to share that with you, it is your responsibility to, uh, or, or it's not your responsibility, but there it's typical that they want to see a return on that investment. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. T- the way that Tiffany broke it down is like, these are not the people that you select. These kinds right. of mentors and sponsors <coughs> are the people that select you. These are the people right. who are more senior than you, but they see you as an up and coming, uh, young, hungry, whatever you are. So for me, it's like I'm a young, hungry academic. For Jade, it's a young, hungry chef. You know, we're both young, hungry podcasters. This Mm -hmm. is people who have larger platforms, people who have larger access to resources. They see what we're doing. They see what we're building. They respect it. And they want to throw their support behind it. 
Mm-hmm. Those are the people who are mentors and sponsors in that way. So Tiffany said that these are not people, again, that you don't ask. But when you do, um, when you do the work, people uh, are kind of drawn to you and they mm-hmm. want to support you. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily like um, thinking about how do I get this person's attention but you're just out here and you're working and not even realizing that, you know, workers, people who have that kind of work ethic are drawn to people with similar work at work ethic. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to partner with you, if I'm going to collaborate with you, I want to make sure that I'm doing it with a person who I know is not going to waste what I'm getting ready to invest. So, it's, right. it's, you know, when you're thinking about these kinds of relationships, if you want to attract the people who are going to invest in you, then you should mm-hmm. be doing everything you can right now to make yourself worthy of that kind of investment. Because these people have put in work. Absolutely. And a lot of times this is uh, even mentor. A lot of mentorship, is, you know, it does not come with the cost. Right. But it comes with the cost as far as people's network, connections, the work that they've put in. So they want to know when they're investing in somebody else that that person has put in some work and is willing to show how they're how they're w- willing to put in that work. Right. Not just because you come up and said, oh, yeah, I want to work with you. Right. So, like, I know a frustration that I have um, and, you know, I've had it, you know, throughout my professional career, even as, like, a university administrator, mm-hmm. you, you meet this very eager, bright, beautiful young person and they just walk up to you and they say, do you want to be my mentor? Can you be my mentor? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you should want to know more about me um, before you ask me that. I definitely want to know more about you. Um, because we have to also remember that mentor relationships are relationships, right? And mm-hmm. if I'm like, you know, the mentor, especially in this, you know, sponsorship space, I'm getting ready to tell you all my business. That means I need to know that you are a quality person, um, you know, who has, has values and ideals that I connect with. And, um, you know, that this is not going to be somebody who's going to betray me or someone who's going to take mm-hmm. advantage of me. Like, so there is just more to it. Like, it's just a much, it's, it's a it's a deeper um, connection. So it takes time to kind of cultivate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have, uh, you know, just because you see someone and you respect them and you listen to their content and you even may even engage or correspond with them, that does not make you entitled to them in the ways that a mental relationship, uh, you know, exists. Like, you know, that means, you know, you don't, you don't get to communicate with me one-on-one. Like, you know, I, like we get to have boundaries and kind of set, establish those, those kind of dynamics so that, you know, what we have and what we've worked for can be kept safe. Right. The next level of um, mentoring relationship that Tiffany kind of laid out was that kind of like lateral mentoring. Mm -hmm. So this is like the mentoring across that Issa Rae talked about a lot, you know, in interviews that she's done around like the things that kind of pushed her in her career forward. She talked a lot. It wasn't always about mentoring up like people with people who have more than her. It was more about cultivating strong relationships and bonds with people who she was like, who are counterparts, people who are in her peer group. These mm-hmm. are the people who are with you, grinding with you in their respective areas, their respective lanes. And when we all start winning, that we can start gleaning from each other and using and, and throwing our, what we're what we're growing and gaining behind one another to push everybody forward. This is that kind of collective community building that mm-hmm. that you know you know every it's going to be cheese on everybody's burger. We're all moving forward um, in ways that make sense um, mm-hmm. together. 
And this is these are the kinds of relationships that you want to spend the most time cultivating. And again, it's not about you don't go into the relationship thinking, okay, what can I get from this person? It's like, you know, how can I invest in this person? How do we complement each other? How do we connect? And I think this makes me think of, you know, people ask us all the time, like how the super friends came together. It wasn't like it wasn't like we were sitting in the boardroom thinking about how we were going to take over the world. We were no. friends first. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas used to come to my house and watch Love and Hip Hop and have Popeyes and Pinot. Mm-hmm. And and it and it was through those relationships, through those friendships that when things started popping for one, you know, and things that you know, we we started seeing the ways that, that our our um talents and strengths and passions complement and compound. And it was just about how do how do we get out here and help each other to win? Mm-hmm. Um so that kind of that kind of lateral mentoring, um, and these kind of relationships are really, really critical and crucial. So it's not always about getting, uh, you know, being connected with someone who's much larger, I guess, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. than you. But no, what, how can I get with, you know, how do I kind of build a, a team and and foster and forge a relationship um, with people who are like where I am? Um, and I mean, mm. and, and that's that's what makes. That's what makes all the difference because as we're learning and we're in the same space together, we're learning each from each other, with each other, mm-hmm. individually, collectively, and what I'm learning, I can share with Jade and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, the final and that's still a form of mentorship. Absolutely. And the final dynamic of mentorship, because the budget Nisa is a genius, was is talking about like mentees. So these are the people who you want to help. And one of the mm-hmm. things that she says that like really resonates with me and I think about it often is that giving uh, activates abundance. So a lot of times we're socialized or even, you know, brought up to think that when we get things, we have to hold tightly to them. Um, you know, that's that real poverty mindset. It's like, oh man, I worked so hard to get this. I'm going to hold on to it until the death. But when you realize mm-hmm. that when you open your hands and you share, you open hands not only to give, but you open hands to receive. Mm-hmm. So just like, you know, you were, you would want a sponsor or someone above you to take note of the ways that you are growing, growing and grinding and shining and want to support you and help to push you forward. It is our responsibility to start looking around at the ways that we can help people who are coming behind us Mm -hmm. and think about ways that we might be able to sponsor them. And sponsorship doesn't always exist in the form of money. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's also like advice. It's also like time. And it's all, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, something that happens, you know, it could be for a season. It could be for mm-hmm. a lifetime. It could yep. be that I'm going to help you. I see that you're doing this particular thing. I've done that before. Let me help you with this. Does that mean that, you know, I'm off a, a, a constant fixture in your life or career? Maybe, maybe not. Does that mean that I'm a constant member of your team? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. But there are there are ways that we can kind of, you know, insert ourselves um, in, in, in order to be supportive to the people that are coming coming up behind us um so and also it's important to remember that when you teach you learn so teaching someone what you know solidifies that knowledge for yourself so being able to go back and you know show someone the ropes really just reinforces that knowledge for you and makes you more of an expert so I wanted to kind of just kind of go back and talk about mentoring in this way because I, Mm -hmm. I you know Engaging on the internet and, and, and meeting people at live shows is always awesome. It's always amazing to connect with people. But I'm just noticing that there's this like level of entitlement and I kind of blame the internet for it. 
Mm-hmm. But because, um, because we have access to people, it's easy to for us to just kind of demand kind of these instant response and these instant, you know, answers. Um, and I think that, that that expectation is like corroding what, like the, the beauty that mentorship is like by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, it is meant to be something that is deep and meaningful and important. And when we are, when we think, you know, and, and I think a lot of people mislabel it. It's like, you're not, you, you don't want me to be your mentor. You want me to put you on. Exactly. You want to be connected to who I'm connected and to. And there's a big difference. And there's a huge difference in, in that. And if that's what you want, then I think it's okay for you to say that up front because then you give me the um, opportunity to to make a choice. Exactly. And say, you know, am I willing to do this? Um, what's, what's it going to... Uh, what is this going to look like for me? What are the implications of this choice as far as I'm concerned? And then I can make a decision like an adult. But when you try to like pull a fast one on me and right. manipulate me into giving you some information um, or or think that, you know, because we've shared a couple of DMs, you now have an end with me and I'm just going to give you free reign and access to the people who I'm close to, the people who I care about, then I think that that's rude and offensive <laughs> And um, it's not a way for me to, uh, you know, that's not, it's not effective in terms of if you, if you have a platform, if you have purpose work, if you have something that you're trying to share and get out in the space, your job is to make me believe it and buy into it and want to support you. Not to like beat me over the head with your message until, uh, you know, like, un, un, and thinking that I'm just going to, just because you're in my DMs for three days, that I'm just going to just say, oh, I'm just going to hand over um, and give you access to relationships that has taken me years to kind of cultivate and grow. And actually that I actually care about. Like these are people who I love. These are my friends. It's not. Right. It's not just like I don't give like that's just like, you know, I'm not your link. I'm not your link. But even still, like I'm not your fr- like. These are people who I love. These are people who I care about. I'm not going to just put them in harm's way in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, without knowing who you are and, and us engaging and kind of double tapping each other's stuff on Instagram doesn't mean that I know you and that you have a right to me or to what I hold near and dear. Mm-hmm. Like, like Noah is my niece. Mm-hmm. So that means that if I'm with Noah, I'm careful around who I bring Noah around mm-hmm. because it's not just about me anymore. I'm exposing her to other people. Mm-hmm. So I feel the same way. That's the same energy with which I engage um, people who kind of jump in and just looking for you to kind of, can you connect me to this person? Can you connect me? Would you mind doing this? Would and you don't mind doing spam, that? Don't spam my damn mentions, <laughs> messages with emojis, with, with inundate me with wordy messages. I am not a telephone <laughs> and I am not here to connect you to my homies. That's just not what this is for. I got a million things going on, like like so many of them. I do not have time to reach out and be like, hey, this stranger person that I don't know uh, is trying to get it's in touch with you. doing work that, 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 that he or she has not explained um, and is looking for you to kind of support them. They haven't said in what way. So, I mean, it's just like... If you want, if if you want to make a connection, <laughs> then then it's on you to package yourself um, 
in a way that is going to be compelling and garner my mm-hmm. attention and my buy-in and my interest in terms of like, I want to learn more about it. Don't nobody have to do anything because you ask nice. Don't no. nobody have to do anything because y'all from the same home state or y'all went to the same high school. And this is not about being grand or bougie or anything like that. Because I y'all know me. I'm the bitch that responds to each one of y'all comments. When you say, hey, I say, hey, back. But I'm, And I'm the one who doesn't, but it's not, nothing personal. Right, it's just, I'm just half the time I don't see it. So this is the thing, but I'm just saying, I just think that we've gotten to a place where people operate on the internet with such a level of entitlement. Um, And I just think we've got, like... I think we've we've just gotten away from just kind of common courtesy. And mm-hmm. and and it's just it's really it's off-putting, it's offensive, and it won't be tolerated. And that's that's, that's very fair. And that's that on that. And this is not this is not for everybody. This is not to say that anybody who sends a DM or asks for it, you know, for a, we answer y'all's questions or a on question, the show. This is not saying that we are not going to do that anymore. But no, there, not at there all. There are people or, who have gotten really extreme and even demanding in their, and not even requests, but the things that they expect um, and, and the ways in which they, you know, will manipulate you and try to appeal to what, what, what they know that you value and hold dear. Mm-hmm. And it's all for their own, in their own personal gain, not because they right. give a crap about you. Right. And so, and also it's not to say that like you, like I said, if you ask a question or what have you, that anybody's looking at you like, how dare they have the audacity to ask? It's not even that. It's, I I know that I don't answer a lot of questions. Half the time I don't see the messages till they're too late anyway. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you all. Very transparent. If I answer every DM about where you should eat in a particular city, especially New York, or answer every single message or DM about how to start a podcast, I would literally be typing right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so that's not to say that I don't want anybody else to be put on or do what they have to do. But sometimes it's about, you know, you can ask certain questions, but you have to realize that there's going to be a hundred other people who are asking the same questions. And you've got to approach things in a way where you understand that people's time is valuable and they may not always have it for you. I don't I, I had never had an official mentor, but based off of Tiffany the Budget Nista's <laughs> um, you know, different ways in which people can be your mentors, I have had mentors, and some of them do include my close friends. But that's also been a lot of work and time. Like I'm about to go on, I'm about to go on my sixth year of podcast, and I told you earlier, my sixth year, and I'm just now working on my first big solo project. Not to say that I haven't wanted to. The opportunity, you know, there, there's been a different circumstances and things like that, but it took six years. I didn't just. I couldn't, I could, could I have hit my friends up and be like, Hey, so I want y'all to put in on this problem. I might have, could have, but I had to put in some time and some work and I had to be ready myself to start to do this work. And that means when I approach somebody else about assisting me in doing this work, I had to be fully serious and ready myself so that they know that I'm serious about the project that I'm asking them to assist me with. So 
it's it's like it's a bunch of shit. I that think goes. I it's think I think a lot of times we get so focused on chasing the opportunity that mm-hmm. we lose sight of the fact that our ma- that our primary intention and focus and goal should be making sure that we're ready when the opportunity comes. Exactly. I think you know it's it's less about because we don't know where it's coming from and we don't mm-hmm. know how we're going to get it. There are things that we want to do. You know what I'm saying? There's spaces that we want to occupy. There's work that we are committed and invested to do. And we may not even have an our fully articulated plan about how we're going to do it yet, but we feel something inside of us that's saying that this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Instead of figuring out how to get there, might we turn our attention to figuring out um, and getting more clear about and, and, and moving from this gut feeling to actual strategy and a plan such mm-hmm. that when somebody comes along with the resources to, to, to really push you across the finish line, you are ready to take off running. Mm-hmm. So it is, um, you, you're and like, like you're ready to just kind of take what you're, what you, what you've, what you've been been kind of placed in your belly, you're ready to kind of like make it walk, make it live, make it sustain. Because I mean, it's it's less about being put on, being put yeah. on, do opportunities, and you know, being in the rooms and being having a seat at the table, having a seat. It's critical. It's important, and I'm grateful for every opportunity, every door open, every time somebody put me at the table. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned when I got to the table is that when I got there, I better have something to say. Otherwise, (laughs) I make myself and the person who put me on look bad. Yep. So it's it's it's. it's, I better be ready to work. I better be ready to work. I better have my ducks in a row. And it's and it's not wise for me to think that if I haven't even formulated an idea, if I don't have if I can't articulate what it is that I want to do and how I want to do it, then I Mm -hmm. might not be ready to walk up to a person who's actually doing it and say, "Can you help me?" Because I don't even know what to ask him for. I don't know what to. I don't know how to ask them to help me because I'm still trying to figure out what it looks like for Takia to operate in this space. Exactly. So I think we get ahead of ourselves and it's easy to do that because we have a wealth of information at our fingertips. We can Google and learn anything in a matter of seconds, Mm -hmm. but we still have to take the steps and figure out how do we get from big idea to actionable plan. Um, And once we have that, then we can start to get the help that we need. And it might come from above through sponsors. Mm -hmm. It might come from across through our network and it might come through helping the people who are coming behind us. Mm -hmm. But that's how we got to like, we got to figure out how to operate and exist in those spaces. And that goes across the board. That's in relationships, personally, romantically, that's professional. Like I'm getting ready, it's conference season. We getting ready to be at the conference season. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and how many times I've gone up to somebody and been like, I I just admire your work and I think that you're amazing and I want to work with you. And they ask me, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, (laughs) 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 how can I help you? So then the onus is on me to be ready such that when I have the opportunity to sit across from Oprah Winfrey and she says, Takia, how can I help you? I'm going to say, well, sis, there, here's my list. Here's a, here's where I've worked this and mapped is out what my we plan need. and so forth and so on. This is what I need from you to the dollar. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I just wanted to kind of open that up and have a conversation because, you know, I've had dealt with some crazy things. And I'm just like, instead of me sitting over here 
ruminating and just being baffled at how absolutely ridiculous people can be. It's like, how do I, how do I pay this crazy experience forward? Um, I thought it would be useful for us to just have a conversation about how to stay ready um, and how to kind of negotiate help in all of the mm-hmm. many forms that it will, that, that it, it exists. And to remember that we, it's something, it's a blessing, it's a gift, it's something that we can't do it without, but we should, it's never anything that we should demand or feel entitled no. to. No, that's somebody's time, that's somebody's yeah. energy, that's somebody's work that they've put in and, so and gotten help from other people. And so it, you know, we don't just waltz right up to whoever we want to get what we want. That's not how it works. Show you right. You got to put in a little bit of that work in order to get that help. And with that being said, we have an honesty box to get to. Okay. Only do it. Support for today's show comes from Third Love. Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you own with straps that won't slip and tagless labels. Not to mention lightweight, super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape. Every customer has 60 days to put their bra to the test. So if you don't love it, return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. Third Love is one of the most amazing bras in the world. Uh, If your titties face northeast, southwest all at the same time, they have a bra for you. (laughs) If you have a big A and a little A, they got bras for you. Like there are bras for everybody. On top of that, my bra, my straps don't twist all up and roll down my arms. Like it's absolutely amazing. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash grown now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash grown for 15% off today. Meet the scheduling assistant that works 24-7 behind the scenes to fill your calendar. From the moment clients book with you, Acuity is there to automatically send confirmations, deliver text reminders, and process payments. Never ask what time works for you ever again. Because with Acuity, clients can quickly view your real-time availability, self-book their own appointments, and reschedule with just a click. Then Acuity will automatically update the calendars you already use, like Google, Outlook, iCloud, or Office 365, keeping your entire life in sync. All you need to do is show up at the right time. Acuity even asks clients to fill out intake forms when scheduling and keeps all of the information neat and tidy in one place. With the ability to manage multiple locations and employees, class bookings, private sessions, add-on sales, and recurring subscriptions, Acuity can adapt to just about any business. Save yourself from the day-to-day drudgery of keeping up with your clients and your busy schedule with Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time, you can get 45 days of Acuity, Acuity, Acuity Scheduling. Jesus. Absolutely free. Again, for a limited time, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free. No credit card required. Just go to acuityscheduling.com slash grown. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling dot com slash grown for 45 days free honestly truly oh it's time for the honesty box the honesty box honesty all right 
So we have one this week. And I am, here we go, right here. She says we can call her Gina. All right. Hi, Jade and Kia. Thank you for all that you do with getting grown. I appreciate you both for helping me tackle this thing called life. Here's my dilemma. I'm getting married soon and I could not be more excited. My dilemma is that I don't want my biological father walking me down the aisle. We've gotten closer in the past five years, but not enough for me to want him to be a part of that moment because I don't believe he deserves the spot. He's never helped me financially, including this wedding, did not come to my high school, undergrad or grad school graduations or been a part of any milestones. All my life, I've had two father figures, my grandfather and my uncle. These two men have been the only ones I saw walking me down the aisle for this very special occasion. My grandfather passed away a few years ago. We're so sorry. And so naturally, my uncle is taking his place. My question is, how do I tell my father that he won't be walking me down the aisle? He hasn't said anything specifically about it, but has made comments alluding to him being a part of my big day. Thanks, Gina. Well, Gina, girl, I think you tell him just like you told us. Mm hmm. I don't know if there is a way to not say it like a T.I. is. I think I think if you may if you want to lessen the blow or you might you might and, and you're open to this, maybe there's something else that he can do to participate, to be in, in mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of the day, whether that be read something or I don't know, um, give him another job to do. Um, maybe he can be your ring bear. <laughs> <laughs> Howsoever, I think it's more than fair given the things that you shared, and even absolutely, even even, uh, even if not, I, I'm of the belief that you are allowed to do what you want. You're a grown woman, and like you said, he did not pay for this wedding or help pay for and this wedding. It is your wedding, so if if you decided that you know you was going to roller skate down the aisle with your cousin Trixie, that would be right. your business. If if Barney, the big purple dinosaur, was walking you down hey, the aisle. And couldn't nobody tell you nothing. It's your prerogative. That's it. You um, can do what you want to do. Come on, Bobby Bearish Ford Brown. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I think, I think you can, you can, like I say, uh, lessen the blow to his ego by giving him some other... Role, or you can just say straight like that. Say, man, listen, uh, I'm getting married. You invited to come and sit down on the bride side or whatever, but my uncle gonna walk me down the aisle. Any questions? Like, you I think, can wear a crossage if you'd like, like listen, or whatever it is that you the know what I'm saying. To their jacket. We can do the kid and play at the reception, but as for this part of the of the ceremony, I've already got it handled and under control. You are not a part, and I don't I know. Share. I don't know how else to. I don't know. No, I, I really I'm I'm in full agreement with Kia. I think letting him know very, very full, you know, candidly. And that's only like you said, he hasn't asked. But if he's alluded to, to being a part of your day, that's if you choose to have him to be a part of your day. If you want him to have some sort of task, then so be it. But if you don't want him to have any sort of task, you can let him know very, very nicely. Like he has said, you are welcome to come to the wedding. And I'm very glad that we are establishing the relationship that we are establishing. Howsomever, comma, these are the men who have played a significant role in my life. And just like you said to us, they are the ones who I always saw walking me down the aisle. And so therefore, my uncle will be the one who walks me down the aisle. 
clear. So I think you can say it straight like that. Absolutely. We hope that helps, Gina. Congratulations on your big day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many blessings to you and your and your partner in the future. And we hope that your day turns out beautiful. If I have one bit of unsolicited advice, I'm just going to let you know. Try to enjoy it as much as possible. Be as present as possible. Don't be one of them people who walks away and says, all I remember is my face hurting from all them stupid pictures. (laughs) And I don't remember eating and I don't, I don't, I didn't enjoy my day at all. So that's the only thing that I would offer you. Congratulations again. Continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Let's move on to these petty peeves. All right, Dan. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. All right, let's get petty. Um, <laughs> I'm really clear on what I want to say this this time. You know, I sometimes struggle in the petty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like today I'm ready because this is not petty at all. I really believe this. I am tired of people lying on the Lord. Uh-oh. I'm sick of it. And this is specifically with respect to people who come up to you and say, the Lord told me to tell you oh, LOL. X, Y, Z. Because, you know, I understand that there are circumstances when the Lord will use a vessel to deliver a message. Um, but if you know the Lord, like I know him, you know what I'm saying? This is not, you know, we've been in this thing for a long time. This is not somebody I'm just meeting and we just swipe right or what have you. This is somebody who I've been kicking with for a long time. And mm-hmm. I, and this is someone who I've trying to cultivate a relationship with. I've spent a lot of time trying to learn who he is and how he functions and how he operates. And there are many examples of how the Lord speaks to people. So like I'm of the belief that if the Lord, told you to deliver me a message, he was going at some point tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, somebody going to come and tell you something. Because mm-hmm. that's just how he functions. Mm-hmm. Now, when he decided, you know, when, when Jesus decided to put on his skin clothes and come on down here and, and mingle amongst us in the form of a baby, the angel appeared to Mary. The angel also jumped in Joseph's mentions as well. So I don't believe that, you know, you know, if the Lord was the kind of Lord, the the God was the kind of God that was just, you know, going to send random people around delivering messages that he would have just said, oh, Mary, you about to have this baby. Go ahead and tell Joseph. No, no, he didn't act like that. He is a he he's the kind of God that I know him to be is a God that kind of takes care of all the things, puts everything in place. So if, if I'm supposed to receive a message from you. I'm going to know that the message is coming just like you're going to know that you got to deliver it. Don't come at me. Don't tweet me. Don't DM me. Don't send a honing pigeon. Don't page me. Don't beat me if you're trying to reach me. Don't hit me up talking about the Lord told you to tell me anything. And try to use that to coerce me to do what you would want me to do. Mm. The Lord's not going to tell me to call you. The Lord's not going to tell me to FaceTime you. He's he not going to use you to tell to tell me that. 
If if he wants me to get a message or a word or some kind of something from somebody, he knows how to reach me. And I don't need you to uh I mean like really and not, not I mean it's okay you know you you come across people who are interesting and special and they say what they say and you're just like okay I heard that and you're going about your business <laughs> right <laughs> that's one thing you kind of accept people for where they are you see them we say okay okay god bless her that's amazing that's one thing <laughs> But when you like are adamant, when you are like running me down and you chasing me down, you threatening me and trying to shame me and guilt me and coerce me into doing what you want to do because that's what the Lord said to you. That's not how God operates. That's not how he functions. And that just lets me know that you is a lie and you are lying on the Lord. You know, there is a special place in hell for people who lie on Jesus. And I've said this before. I can't wait until he come down here and bust the sky with locks down to his behind and really mess y'all up. Because he gonna be like, why you, t-? like he, what you gonna do when the Lord look you in your face and say, why you been lying? Now, you know, I ain't tell you that. I think that's it. But I just, I just get upset. Stop lying on the Lord. That's not what, that's not what the the Lord don't function like that. He's not a, he's not a halfway kind of anything. If he got something to do, he going to make sure everything is in place. If he got a message to get to me, he going to tell me the message is coming and he going to tell the messenger to give me the message. That's like the boys used to say, Oh, the Lord told me that you was my wife. I did not get that tweet. Now, when I get it, I will let you know. But until then, you on your own, Jack. I'm finished. Kia, the Lord told me the FaceTime. That's it. And That's enough. <laughs> I just want you to know that. So answer the phone when a real nigga calls. Um, <laughs> my, my petty beef this week oh, is a repeat because it's on my spirit and on my heart. Um, so I, I feel like it, and I've, I had to tweet about it. I'm so tired of delivery people telling me that they are downstairs. <laughs> we need to put that on a shirt. Like I'm so, yeah, yeah, actually, yes. New merch alert. Don't like, tell I'm me you're downstairs. Don't tell me you're downstairs. <laughs> Somebody responded was like, I know they be hitting me like they're an Uber driver. I literally, and I never go downstairs. Let's be clear. I always win the battle. Like, they bring their lazy asses upstairs, except for the one nigga who stole my chicken wings. But the next time somebody tells me they're downstairs, I am going to stone them with a bag of old batteries. I just be like, I'm upstairs. Okay, so now that we know where each other... Okay. You got to come to this floor in this apartment, my man. You've got to, because I'm not coming downstairs to come obtain food that I am going to tip you for, have paid a service fee for, and, a and paid a delivery fee. fee. Please take your lazy, and I have an elevator in my building. You don't even have to take the stairs. Even if you did, I paid for you to it take It don't matter. I paid for you to take the stairs, and I'm going to tip you accordingly. Please stop trying my patience and my nerves. And so for all, I don't, if if there's anybody who listens to this and you all, I don't, then you better double park and take that up with Postmates, Mm -hmm. DoorDash, Caviar, Seamless Grubhub, 
Uber Eats, whoever the fuck you're working for, I really don't care. Take that up with them, but double park that car and bring me my burger, my nigga, because I'm really over this. So I just really, I needed to get that off my spirit again because it, it's just, it's becoming a problem. I think it's, it's fair that we bring that up at least once a quarter. <laughs> like it's driving me crazy. That's right there along with the Uber drivers who do not show up to the address that you put into and the And they be talking about, box. I'm here. Nah, that happens no, to me No, you're actually airport. not. Talk and I don't want to see that stupid ass countdown either about how many minutes you are when you are literally not. And for the niggas who say that they are there and they're still in route, they are driving. Do not say that you are at my residence. Talking about I'm at the light. That means you're not here. That means you're not here. So now you're making it look like I'm making you wait. Y'all not about to see. No, I can't. I can't. So anyway, that's Petty Peeves and that is getting grown this week. Um, shout out to everybody who came out in Dallas. Shout out to uh, Dallas was a good time. all the listeners, uh, all of the GGBs, everybody in the whole wide world, all my niggas in the whole wide world. We we are grateful for you every single week that you tune into this late night hour <laughs> <laughs> of black woman power. <laughs> in, in the meantime, in the between time, sis, tell them what they can do. What you want to do is continue to moisturize your skin, especially now that we're transitioning into the fall months. Yes. Uh, you want to... Zen and Jar makes lovely shea butter. Absolutely. Body oils and all things of that nature. Um, you also want to... Uh, um, moisturize well, I said well, I said moisturize right I said you want <laughs> yes. I, that's very important but you also want to moisturize your insides by drinking your water yes and finally what you want to do is mind your business because failing to mind your business also makes you ashy also as well and in addition to and your black will crack if it's dry adios bye bye Buenos noches. <laughs> <laughs>